Welcome to the Happy Holy Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, a doctor of traditional naturopathy and certified brain health professional. Now, those of you that know Happy Holy You, you know that we are all about health and well-being, and we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Hi, guys. We're here today to talk about life and our bodies and the things that have evolved over the years in the female body and discoveries that we might have had along the way. And today I'm here with Dr. Anne-Marie Frank and Jamie Pena. Thank you. And who are you? (laughs) And I'm Heather Laganelli. (laughs) We're really excited to just have some casual conversation around the female body and how our bodies have evolved and some of the discoveries that we've made. This conversation was sparked from an event that I was at and I was chatting with Jamie and I was like, this is really fascinating. All of the the things that you've discovered within yourself and ways to make yourself feel well and then also just pr- like be in more of a productive state of mind and awareness around your body. Right. And so I'm excited. Yeah. And then Heather had this great idea of doing a series interviewing everyday women. And so this is the very first episode of Everyday Women. Yay. And so you'll be you'll be getting episodes here and there where, you know, it'll be everyday women that we're interviewing on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, we're we're excited. So Jamie is where we're all everyday women. (laughs) And it was an everyday event where you just kind of like learned something about Jamie. I was like, we need to share this with more people because it's this happens more often than not. And that was the intention was just to talk about relatable things that sometimes I think on podcasts, we bring in experts and people that have been like 20 years in their field. And a lot of times I find even with myself in my field that I get so caught up in what I do all the time that I forget that not everybody knows what I know. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. And I look at Anna Marie because it always i'm like girl nobody knows that she's like what do you mean i I just assume people know what i know so i actually struggle sometimes to come up with content and then i spend time with heather and she's looking at me and she literally is laughing at me when i'm just telling her like what i think is everyday stuff and she's like you like no people don't know that and i'm like really so it's just (laughs) yeah it's just interesting and even with her sometimes she's like i don't know how to do that and i'm like yes I do. That's what I how to do these things. Yeah. It's just a matter of like reframing our, our thoughts. And I think that that's where it's really interesting when we even look at the medical field and yeah. how we go about our like well-being as people, not even mm-hmm. women, just as people in yeah. general. And you're talking to your husband yesterday about some of the things that were going on in his life. And he's like, well, I turned out just fine. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Like you're on like 30 something supplements right now. Yeah. And we're trying to balance some things that are going yeah. on. And I think oftentimes we're just preconditioned to do things a certain way, think a certain way, operate our days a certain way. And like with our health and well-being, that happens so often. And so I think it's important when I do come across people that have taken like matters into their own hands to some regard to kind of shine light on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then just uh, culturally, I think that if you aren't exposed to certain things like early in your life and you're feeling like things are wrong, but you don't have answers and you don't have anybody to turn to, and nobody in your life and no women in your life are complaining about the things you're complaining about. Mm-hmm. And all they're talking about is pushing through. And you're like, well, yeah, I guess that's it. I just yeah. need to deal with this pain, this discomfort, whatever those things are. And so, yeah, I just thought absolutely not. And that's, that's <laughs> a norm. And it's so weird. I noticed that even with my myself, like my mom. Oh, one day I was with a friend and she was 20 years older than me. And she was telling me about stuff that she's discovered. And I was like, why don't people talk about this? It was like weird stuff, like clogged pores. Like some, I don't know, like a long time ago, I had a Bartholomew cyst. Have you ever had one? No, I don't know what that is. 
down there. <laughs> yeah. Down there. Inside, it's like a pore that gets clogged. And yeah. all of a sudden, I go to go to the bathroom and I'm like, it, this hurts really bad. It was like the size of a golf ball. And it was literally just a pore that got clogged. And the, the gynecologist was like, yeah, we can surgically remove that. You don't want that. Or you, you can like steam it like hot, hot crust. But yeah, it's like one in that there, made a steam your bajay. It did not like <laughs> I did that was wild. And I, I just had this idea. So on my body, when I get clogged pores, I exfoliate, right? Yeah. So I got one of those terrible. Sorry. Uh, no, I don't. This is one stuff, again, we don't talk about. You know, many women are like, oh my gosh, I, I thought it was just me. Oh my God. So I got one of those exfoliating towels, you know, they're yeah. just like a foot wide by like two feet long. And they're like, like yeah. a, almost like a, I don't even know what they're called. It's like, it's like see-through kind of like a, almost like a cheesecloth, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. exfoliating. Yeah. Yes. And so I did that, put it in there and scrubbed until I cried. And then it released all the because it had fluid that built up and yeah. opened up the pore and it just released it all and it went away yeah just like that but i was like i will be damned if this lady has to go inside of me <laughs> yeah because surgery you're like no not that stuff it's like nobody's talking about like it. people don't talk about that kind of stuff but then we normalize Oh, your period should be right. It's it's gonna be painful. Yeah. You're gonna have TMS. You're gonna have all these issues, and that is not normal. So women walk around not talking about the things we should be talking about, and then normalizing the very things that are not normal, right. which is really right. really jacked up. But I think that goes all the way back to when we were in reproductive health, and you know the sperm was like this magical <laughs> thing that did all these things, and our ovaries and us dropping an egg was just like we were just waiting around for the male sperm right. to come in and give us a gift i mean like yeah i don't know it's, while i never thought about like the health <laughs> health plus other words yeah. like uh, it being like catered to like the mighty man like oh, i never yeah. ever like never thought of that like yeah oh um, yeah well learning about hormones now because supposedly supposedly i have to respect the doctors and the you know the results but saying that you know i'm perimenopausal and then it's like well, what does that mean and what's the difference and and learning that you know men have one hormone to deal with and I have three or yep what is going on here why have I been so misinformed and if that's such a big difference mm -hmm. it just adds on yeah to the difference and, and this, where you're feeling so disconnected yeah the level and what's insane about it is many times doctors are using one test at one point or at two points in your 28 day cycle I was 25 26 years old I was diagnosed menopausal I was not having a period I was also still competing and running and so they scared me so like well if you ever want to have children like you like we need to do something about this and they put me on I believe it was progesterone and I was out sharing I was taking progesterone they just had me do like 10 days of it and my husband and I were dating at the time and I was taking ovulation tests and they were saying I was not ovulating well I was just kidding. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Lewis came to the world. But right. I mean, I have. Yeah. So that that I'm like, like looking back, knowing what I know now, I'm like, seriously, I was 25, 26 years old and you're putting me on hormones. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I went back to the doctor, it was actually a nurse practitioner. And she like literally put my folder to the side and she was just like entering like I cannot say how you got pregnant like your numbers there is no right. possible way I've ever seen a woman get pregnant with the low numbers that you have I'm like well here I am you know that's right. but that's a there's there's, proof. there's like we think we know for certainty in the medical field like certain things and I'm telling you the human body is incredible it's amazing and it'll do things that you know we don't think it'll do or we've already predicted how the turnout's going to be and I think we need to stop doing that but right yeah, around. So it's like the 1% is like not really the 1% is what you're saying. Kind of what I'm hearing. Like if you are saying 99% of the time this, it's really probably more like, well, well, that's that maybe been reported. Right. Based yeah. Yeah. So you're studying what you're a controlled population. Exactly. Yeah. So really that percentage is probably like, well, 40% of the time, yeah, this could happen. But because only a certain amount of percentage of people are reporting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. It's also good to take into consideration what women were doing. 20 years ago, 40 years ago, and what we have now put on our plate, mm -hmm. you know, like what they were, we're all business women. Yeah. 
So we're adding different things to our environments, to our schedules, to ourselves, to our, yeah, we're adding on more things that we're dealing with. And so, yeah, I think once I started under feeling in it, tell me about right. how your journey is. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, By the way, you guys. Yeah. So we're interviewing Jamie, even though we just <laughs> not because we're, we're talking about women's reproductive health and our periods and i don't know if we said at the beginning but that was like the whole around this whole conversation we are strict you know this is what we're talking about so if some of you are like wait what are you where is this going we're talking about jamie's going to share her experience with her reproductive health and i mean pretty much she had to take her own health in her own hands and figure things out on her own because she wasn't getting answers right yeah right we yeah. start at like the beginning about like when this became an issue and some of the things that you noticed of what and what that. was the issue? Like, yeah. what were you feeling? What were you experiencing? And what made you feel like something's going on? Right. So I think as a teenager, my cycle was already weird and strange. I got put on birth control. I did it for like 30 days. And it's like, oh, that fixes it. Oh. And they were heavy. They were crazy. They were crappy. How old are you when you did that? 15, maybe? Yeah. yeah. 17. Isn't it 17? 17. Yeah. 17. I, Seriously. Then I was for 30 days. They'll be like, oh, I have yeah. cramps. Here's birth control. Oh, yeah. I, I have yeah. acne. Oh, here's birth control. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit sad. Here's birth control. Like... <laughs> This is like a massive experiment. Well, yeah. birth control. With even women. with that, like, please hold on here. Uh, <laughs> like what other than I do? We like, like sorry, we're flooding. Do you get this triggering other thoughts? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I experienced this too. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's relatable. And I think yeah. that's like the number one thing. Like how many things that we're just not talking about that yeah. are relatable that everyone's like, that was just me. No. Yeah. When I was 15, same thing happened. I was dating somebody for a year. No, I just started dating somebody. And the the doctor was like, well, you get period pain? Okay. Let's yeah. put you on uh, birth control. <laughs> and it was like a casual, like a fairly was, I wasn't like having sex or anything. And so I thought, okay, well, that's what people do. Then all of a sudden, my, I, they put me on uh, orthotricycline. I don't even know why I remember. Oh, I know why I remember that's this. Familiar. It yeah. was one of the most popular that I was ever right. at the time. Yes. Got it. It was like candy. So I remember that strong dials. That one was so strong. It was too much estrogen for me. And it made me sick to my stomach. And so then it also made me, it altered my mood. And my mom was like, you're crazy. Like, what the hell? Like, the not into like screaming matches about stuff. And I was like, I'm on this thing. But like, (laughs) I can't take this anymore. And so they gave me low estro. In or something, I don't remember. Yeah, it was there was like way better. Just became a guinea pig, remember? Yeah, yeah, I tried this. I yeah. Try the next. Yeah. Then I tried it on it until I was 35 freaking years old. Oh, yeah. I didn't do that at all. Yeah. 20 years of my life, you were right. not having a real period. Yes. Yeah. So then it comes to, okay, the whole thing that you're talking about, you know, Anna Maria, about like cramping and bloating and this is just life. And then, you know, I was an athlete. And so they were kind of regular, not regular. But now that I got into my 40s, mm-hmm. probably six months ago or before that, I was just looking for anything that I could think of. I mean, I went to some local doctors. You know, I got put on like progesterone and I think it was. Anyway, there was like a couple different subscriptions. And this was in the last like six, last year, the last year. And then I went to the doctor and she's like, you're too young. You're not supposed to do it. And so she's like, wean off of it. And I'm like an all or nothing kind of gal. So I just went off 100%, which was the worst 10 days of my life. She's like, you weren't supposed to do that. I told her I just wanted to get out of this situation. So I wasn't on anything. So you were at two different doctors. You went to one doctor and they gave you isolated hormones. Yes. Therapy. And then you went to another doctor and she's like, what the heck are you doing? Right. You're too young. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Okay. And now you're confused as a person. (laughs) And I thought, I'm not going to put anything in my darn body. I'm just going to like, because you stay away. And then I thought, okay, I'm just going to try to read up and listen and, and try to figure out what's going on at this age, right? Once she had mentioned perimenopausal. So fasting. And I started fasting. But how are you feeling? So like, so you're all over the place when you're right. younger. Right, right. And so you're feeling like when you get your period, like what the would happen? The biggest thing that I think triggering everything was the fatigue and the brain fog. Mm-hmm. That started happening after 40. Yeah. And I was feeling like things were off in a way that I I just felt tired all the time. And I'm like, you're eating the wrong things. You're not exercising. I was being really hard on my body. And why is it my body doing this? And, you know, you feel like you're wanting to go one road and your body's like, no, you're just going to stay in bed all day or whatever. And And that's what started changing. 
was on this podcast as well. Just yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, yes. And he's like a, let's get everything done person. And I'm comparing my life to Sam. Yeah. And so. he is going 100 miles per hour. He's got, you know, 10 different things on his plate and he's just killing it. Yeah. And he is executing and I'm over here. What's wrong with me? Which is, this is the thing, right? Women and men are not supposed to show up in the same way. And we have this culture now that is like, go, 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 you know, 365 days a year, push for 90 days straight, do these 90 day programs. And it's like, no, women's cycle, like if you plan your schedule around your cycle, and I know for some people like, oh, that's just too much. Well, you'll actually be more productive. You'll get more done. And like right before our period and during our period, we should not be taking on new tasks. We should not. This is a rest recovery phase. Like, a hundred percent. We are led to believe that we have to go, go, go. Like you're saying, like you're comparing yourself to Sam. Well, I'm sorry. Sam is not bleeding out one no. month. <laughs> and Sam's yeah. only with the faster. Right, and right. She's even adapted this mentality and like that into her business practice. And with my team. Oh, perfect. So now what I'm doing is, and I appreciate you bringing up the planning around your cycle. That's the thing that I'm feeling that we're not tapping into enough. Can we talk a little bit about yeah, that in depth? Because what has you discovered? So what I discovered, and I really want confirmation from you, Anna Marie, is that, you know, I started reading all these, you know, books and, you know, YouTube and some respective people. What's up? And read and so the main one that I read that was like the mind shift was the menopause reset by Dr. Mindy Pels. And I found her on YouTube and she was just adamant about how we just are not respecting women's cycle enough. And that whole thing of powering through. Yeah. And so once I started learning about what I'm supposed to be doing before my period, those seven, 10 days and whatever before my period, how I was supposed to be nurturing myself, how I was supposed to be not doing anything crazy, no decision making. I cannot physically do it anyway. That's when you're feeling like completely off. That's when you're just supposed to be nurturing your body and just taking care of yourself and even asking people for space. Yeah. I mean, I'm educating Sam now and saying this week, no, please yeah, do not bring anything to the table because I'm not going to be any good. And then I'm just going to feel terrible. About myself. Right. And I think the key is, too, is like you, we as women individually have to respect our cycle and know our boundaries. It's not for everyone else to be like, you know, especially in business, like, oh, you're on your period. So I have to take it easy on you. I mean, we can have that thought if you have maybe if you have like a female boss, but at the same time, like it's not your employer's responsibility. So as we talk about this, I think it's important for us as women to take into consideration, okay, how do we prep ourselves and plan? Like when we're in the expansion mode, ovulation mode, like where we can get a lot of stuff done and we're more creative and all of that, like get prepping yourself to get a lot done. Because if you're a procrastinator, like we used are right before your period and start your period, you are going to be mad at like everybody else. It's everyone else's fault. And really it's your procrastination. So I just I always thought that that person. Can we like, like, okay. So both of you have done a lot of research around this and have a lot of knowledge. And as like an everyday person myself, when this is a new kind of discovery phase for me, mm-hmm. I'm a little like unclear. Okay. And so can we like step back for a sec and talk about guide it out so the cycle yeah so like if i am if i know that on the second of the month normally ish that's when i would get my period say so what should i be doing the week before well for me personally i mean you can confirm what you've researched but for me personally i've decided that i shouldn't be doing crazy workouts they need yoga they need to be walking they need to be things that are not going to raise cortisol because from my understanding, and again, Anna Marie, I'm leaning on you and saying yes or no. If you raise cortisol, then you don't produce progesterone. And I test, I didn't test this out on purpose this past month, but it happened. And so I had a, vas- a very stressful week and my period didn't come. And my doctor told me, as soon as it's your first day of the cycle that you're supposed to, you don't get your period, please have this progesterone prescription of 10 milligrams for like five days exactly on the seventh day I got it so the week before your period it's so important for you to really just chill out when you're on your period you're not supposed to have bloating cramps it's supposed to actually be when you're when you're heightened when you start getting into like heightened like getting prepared to like do really great things 
And like you were saying, during ovulation, which is, I think, the 10th day after, during your period. Well, it depends on if you talk to medical doctors or if you talk. They say so. Like I say your first day of period, your period, or the first day of your cycle is your follicular phase, which is huh. the first day after you stop your period. And that is like seven or 10 days. So that's yeah. when your estrogen peaks, your body's saying, hey, we're going to get ready to release an egg. Mm-hmm. This is when you're like opening up to do things and you're like coming out of, think of your period as like literally a little bit of a hibernation. And again, that's like four to seven days, Yeah, you know, where you're just like, just be in the flow, like not stressing and all of that. And then after your follicular phase, you go into your ovulation, which is where have those creative conversations. Yes. Think of new business deals. Yes. Like, remember, I was sharing this with you. Yeah, I just said there. If we but, could all, this is why I'm bombing my team. And I know that you were saying, you know, it's not your employer's business to know. This is why I, with my team members, am asking them to follow their cycle because I mostly have women. Oh yeah, because I want to know about the ovulation stage mm-hmm. because I want to know if there is an ovulation day that we are all sort of lined up on, or I've got a few that line up. That's like let's get together, <laughs> Anna Marie. What do you want to do? Like, what's the big project, or you know, head art, or, or something that we can all come together for? That would be insane. Yeah, the amount of yeah. results that we could get as a community, yeah. women, because that's when your luteinizing hormones up, your testosterone is up. Right. This is why, like, oh, that's why I'm out for five days. Yeah, and you wanna mm-hmm. like pursue a partner. So, like, I get so many women come in and they have literally been diagnosed with all sorts of stuff, but they're like, I have no sex drive. And so I put them on a regimen to to really go in and impact all hormones. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I actually wanted to have sex when my spouse. <laughs> I was thinking about it before them, right? Yeah. Like you should uh, be That's thinking awesome. of, this is an, a, a natural innate thing of reproduction. Like you should want to literally yeah, have sex. We're good. I'm like, right, how did right, that happen? Right. Every single month. So it starts before your period, Heather. So instead of yelling like your cycle starts when you get your period, it's like, think of it that you have to be in preparation before your period, for your period. For high love. However long. Yeah, so like, follicular is like seven or 10 days. Then your ovulation can be like four to seven. And then you go to the, the luteinizing phase, which is like 10 to 14 days. That's a long period. But with that one, if an egg does not implant okay if it doesn't happen towards the end of that phase that's when your hormones start to drop and you start to feel like oh i'm gonna get my period right like that's because your body's realizing hey we uh there wasn't an egg that implanted so you know we better you know go through our thing again and then your period starts so okay so we'll just use if somebody gets 28 days on or like the first day, like somebody like usually around that time of month, beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. So the week before first, or you said seven to 10 days before that. Right? Yeah. So seven to 10 days before that. Well, before your menstruation, it's like a 10 to 14 day period. And if you don't have an egg implant, then yeah, like about five days, maybe seven days, you start to like your, your hormones start to really drop because there was no egg implanted. And then they'll drop, 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 drop. And then you start to menstruate. Got it. So basically the seven day. So so you're looking at 10 days out of the month where you got to be in like chill mode, right? not forcing anything, allowing things to just like fall into place. So like five days before your period starts, that's already when your hormones are kind of low. So yeah, 10 days before your period starts is when you would be in a inventive phase yeah so you're right after your period you're warm enough you're warming up to really go on an adventure of of creativity okay so think of like after your period right that you start yeah that after your period about all that whole 14 days after your period is when you can really like move the needle a lot and the other thing is when those hormones that luteinizing phase when your hormones drop because no egg is implanted what happens is your hormones drop and some for some people they drop quickly and this is when they're getting headaches this is when they're starting to feel that pms coming on and by the way this is this is again not normal so this is where balancing out the hormones uh, can be really helpful i have found that using gaba like the week before you menstruate can be really really helpful is that the red also 
the red therapy or what's the gas? It's a it's a supplement. Oh, okay. With, it's actually in our calm you, but GABA, and then I use, or I'll use the plant stem cells throughout the whole 28-day cycle, and that naturally balances all the hormones. I, I don't know if I'm a really big fan of single, I, I, like one single hormone. So I usually have women go through a three full cycles, so 90 days of a protocol, and what we're finding after that 90 days, there's a lot that shifts for them. Like I had a gal that she was going to the doctors and her estrogen was through the roof. She kept gaining weight, gaining weight. They kept putting her on different hormones and she kept gaining weight, gaining weight. She finally came and she's like, hey, they're not figuring this out. What could we do? And I said, I want you to take this one thing for the next 90 days. And then at the end of that 90 days, she like came in here and was so excited. She's like, yeah, Marie, Marie. her cortisol and her estrogen started going down. So it was like, it was a big thing. But yeah, for her, it was a big thing because she kept testing. It kept going up and up and up. And they could, it's like they were putting other hormones in her and it couldn't get out of control. Um, but like the first day of your period, I usually count 10 days, Heather. Mm -hmm. And then the 11th to the 15th day is can kind is probably considered my ovulation day and that's when i'm like heightened and like being really productive and then it goes the 16th to about the 20th day i'll notice that there's a little bit like of a dip so i like to fast during my period and then on the 11th day i won't fast it'll be like shorter fast it won't be like crazy 16 hour ones it'll be like 12 or 10 and then on the 16th because from my understanding, um, fasting during your period actually helps your body just also focus on your period, like helps you focus on just like what it needs to do for for that time period. And I also noticed that I have like a lot of clarity during that time if I fast. It's not crazy. It's not like 24 hours or 48 hours. I've done those too. Yeah. But that's something that kicks in too. The fasts are a little bit longer during the first 10 days of my period and then, which I don't get my period for 10 days, but I'm saying the first 10 days of my cycle. And then I'll shorten them on the 16th and, and uh, excuse me, the 15th and 20th day. And then after the 20th day, I won't fast. I'll just eat what I need to. That's why they say the chocolate cravings come in because your body is craving like like all these things that are yeah. in these certain foods. And then the mood thing, that's another thing too. It's like, they think, oh, we, you know, we're crazy or whatever the comments are about women. And it's like, yes, our hormones are changing so much and our bodies are adjusting in 28 day cycles. Yeah. That we are going to change and our personalities are going to change. We just have to know what we need so we can do something about it. Yeah. And stop allowing other people dictate, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, oh, she, no, it's like, this is what's happening right now. And those are the parts of educating the people around you, of letting them understand, like, Hey, Heather, it's my nurturing phase. I'm not going to go do that hit workout with you yeah. or I'm not going to go for that run, you know? Right. So just, you know, and that closes the cycle and then it just starts all over again. But I've noticed that because I totally stressed myself out and I raised cortisol, I just didn't understand that that was the reason why I was preventing my period from coming. Mm -hmm. Also, I think once you know that it feels so powerful to say, okay, like, you've been affecting your body this whole time. I didn't get my period for like 90 days this mm -hmm. past year. Yeah. And then I tell you, oh, you're perimenopausal. Yeah. They, and oh, and that really this whole thing started happening. Yes. And this yeah. past month, I tested this on myself literally last week. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It made me feel like you guys have no idea. It made me feel so powerful. Yeah. Like I stood in my power of saying, because you know, my body is over your body. Like, I just, Need yeah. to know how to take care of it and give it what it needs. I think that so. we forget that we have more control over our biology than what we've been like to believe. Yeah. And our brains will fluctuate up to 25% throughout our 28 day cycle. So men aren't having that. And, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just realizing that your body is going to shift and change. And it doesn't mean you need to be a victim to it. It means you need to be like, hell yeah, this is like how things are going to go. And and then you already know. And for a lot of women, knowing what's to come, it actually will make them feel better and stress less. And Well, and I think that's really why I was hoping that we could have this conversation. Yeah, honestly, I feel like it's like I'm kind of, I'm still lost, which is so weird because I feel like I can get things pretty quickly and I still feel like, okay, wait. So our bodies are not okay for like 20 days 
Like, no, our bodies are fine. I'm like, what? They're like fine. <laughs> so every time you said, all right, you fast and then you, I don't know. I'm very so like, every, out of, everything is completely fine. Just know that right before your period, when you're on your period, you should probably take a step back and not be pushing so much in your life. That's like 20 days. Like, so for seven to 10 days before, and then for like, no, not seven to 10 days before, like literally your period is four to seven days. And then if you, if an egg doesn't implant, it's about five days. So yeah, I guess it is. Maybe two. Like, yeah. Uh, no, okay. Just want to think like smaller days. Yeah. Okay. Like, it just, everybody's cycle is different too. Right. That's the other thing is like, you have to figure out what works for you. That's why I've and yeah, some people don't even get a period. If like, there are some people legitimately that don't have a cycle because of some organ or something that, you know, something that's not there, yeah, right. reproductive organ. But I, yeah. Like, but I still believe they still have a cycle. Even if you've had your uterus, your ovaries out, I believe you still have a 28 day cycle because all your, your organs don't hang up words, right? Yeah. And your organs don't work isolated. Hormones don't work isolated. I believe it's, it's all the symphony. And if you take something out of the symphony, other things are still going to be playing. And so, you know, like for me, once I started to balance, cause I, I would get PMS pretty bad. And once I started to balance what I was going through, that drop in my hormones right before my period, I don't have the severity of the drop anymore. Mm. Like I literally used to have such a severe drop. So now that I don't have that severe drop, I actually do more. And then once I start my period, then I kind of back off a little bit. So those days before my period, I'm not, I'll know if I need to, because I'll feel it. But for the most part, my hormones aren't shifting like dramatically like they used to. So I'm not like, I'm just literally in my periods like three to four days. So for me, that window of like chill mode, no big decisions, you know, whatnot, mine is like five to seven days. That's my window. So everyone has to figure out what their window is. No, so I'm trying to figure out for like everyday people, like based on what you guys are saying. And what I got was like for 20 days, you're like, but but that's not right. So if you're looking at it, okay, so for me, for example, I don't feel, I, I drink cold pressed juices every day, like twice a day. I cut out some things out of my diet so that I was nourishing my body better. And for my whole life, I've never really felt like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. I'm going to get my period. And also I was on, I also had the IUD, the copper one for a little bit of time. So I was on birth control for a really like substantial amount of my life. Like once I started getting my period, probably like a year and a half later is when I went on birth control. And then I stayed on it for as long as I can remember. And there's really been about three or four years now that I haven't been taking anything at all. And I've noticed that when before my period comes, I don't, I don't even really know it's going to come until I get a little bit of like spotting. And then I'm like, oh, here it is. And it's pretty like on. I was telling her, like, I get my period like right around the same day at like midday. It's like clockwork. And then there's been like twice in the last like 10 years that it's been off, which is this month is one of them where I've gotten my period twice in a month. Uh huh. Because I think the people that are coming into my space at the restaurant, that are, then there's that man or is that Mary? I don't even know if that's true, but I feel like my body does, has adjusted a couple of times in my lifetime when I haven't been on the pill. So I guess it's really cool to think about that, you know, you guys are setting this up like I'm being interviewed. But the thing about it is I only have myself as a case study. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't impose my thoughts and my ideas on other. All I could do is process share with you. Yeah. And then you have to take yourself as your own case study. Right. Yeah, of course. And then literally just monitor your cycle, monitor how you feel, monitor what you did, monitor what you ate. That's it. And then you're going to probably see, you know what? I only, you know, like the four days before my period, maybe just like, or maybe, you know what? It is the 10 days. Because I think once we start kind of trying to strategize it, like 14 days, it does seem like a lot. Yeah. But the thing is that you are different during our month. You are different during your cycle. Yeah. In week span, every week is different. And it's just understanding and knowing, all right, this year, that this month, this week, that thing, you know, that supplement, you know, I need to be consistent. And it's just testing things out. I think that we're just too quick to pull the plug, too. Well, yeah. Like when we start something, yeah. you know, we're like, we want those results in 30 days. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It might take 90 days. I mean, yeah. it's been over a year for me, almost two years, I think, of trying different things. And so this has just been the, this has just been the thing that I'm getting more in tune with. Yeah. 
I'm not saying it's like, oh, I just had these aha moments. Yeah. Where, I mean, I had a miscarriage. I was 34, you know, and now I'm like light bulb. Like I wasn't producing the progesterone. I wasn't taking care of my, you know, who knows, but I wish that I could give that back to maybe a younger person that's not maybe so in tune with that. It's like, always, what would you, what, if, yeah, like what would you share with somebody? I wish I would have probably just known. I think I just had a real stressful, like just a lot of pressure. You know, I started my business on my own. I was an entrepreneur. I was like hustling and bustling, just like on caffeine, like crazy, just like felt like I had to keep going and going. And I just think that I just had way too much cortisol, like mm-hmm. at all times. I just was not taking care of myself. I don't think I was putting myself first. I just felt like this is it. Being an entrepreneur, you just got to do all these things all the time. And yeah. And who knows, uh, Heather, it could be a combination of multiple things. Just uh, thinking that, well, this is just normal to tell you the truth. It's like, well, this just happens. Some people can't have babies. Some people can't. Um, so you just, I guess, accepted it. I accepted it. And I think I, I didn't push until now because I'm feeling from what I'm understanding, it's like a lot of ailments that you don't take care of, a lot of things you don't take care of, they pop up in your 40s. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you're well, talking cancer, you're talking all these other things that you're stressing yeah. about. And I and I just want to be able to maybe share that because to pro, to be some sort of preventative voice for people that just aren't educated in that space. Yeah, I like think, I, I just didn't have anybody around me that was, I had to do it on my own. Yeah, I think that, I think it was the National Institute of Health. There was a study done and women who had well, they say untreated. I'm using air quotes because I think the way we quote unquote treat <laughs> is very different, but that don't address the PMS. So women that go through and have PMS, cramping, bloating, all of that, and like this is their quote unquote normal, they actually have a higher propensity rate of cancers, Alzheimer's, dementia. And so they're linking that together. So for young people, it is vital that you start when I love that you say, Jamie, it's like, yeah, you are your own case study. You have to go with what feels right for you. Yeah, we can have this conversation and I can share, mm-hmm. you know, tips and things that I've done or that I've seen and Heather can share her stuff and you can share your stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to take personal responsibility for your own health, right? Like we are not a victim of our health. It is for us to say, hey, what's going on? Let me figure this out. Let me Let me try some new things. And I think that that is is so important. And but we do we are in a culture where like, oh, something's wrong. I have to go ask someone in a white coat to tell me how I can be fixed. And that comes in a pill or that comes in a crazy surgery or Mm -hmm. I mean, it's to me, it's like, I don't know, every day I, I get people that come in here. So I'm just like, I don't know. I, I'm still surprised, but I shouldn't be surprised. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. So like, I'm just taking yeah. it. The reason that I felt like your story is important and your side of things is important as well is because like these are two totally, it's like a juxtaposition, right? Like there's so much happening. There's so many different perspectives. And in reality, like everybody does have their own story, their own journey, their own path. And sometimes it just takes like sharing a story and then sharing another story and sharing another story for people to even, because I've known that this exists out there. I've just never been intrigued by it because I have such a routine schedule for myself. And I know other people that don't have that routine schedule. And then when you started talking about like, oh, I'm not going to do this. Like, tell me I'm going to like not do something in my life. Like, oh, relax and take a break. Like, (laughs) I'm like, Exactly. Why, why don't I want to like what if you know and what am I missing out on if I don't and what are what is like the reality behind that where is the value in that and so I know everybody's different and I feel like the older I get the more I realize like well it's not I don't want to find myself in a position to where I could have done something differently and I just decided not to and then I'm like wishing that I had done something differently and I think that that is where the conversation started for me with you like okay well what do I what do I have access to that I'm just ignoring because I don't feel like it. And I think that happens so often in life where we're in our world and we're in our lives. And I've had so many different people come and go in my life from like an, a team perspective, like being a, in a position where I've had hundreds of employees over the last 20 years of my life. And I've seen all of the things, especially with like calling in and like, oh, I'm on period. I can't work today. Like 
okay, well, tell me about what's going on. What did you eat today? What did you drink? Like, what are you doing to your, what are you doing for your body? Right. Yeah. And I've noticed that I've even noticed like firsthand the people that have complained about their period being debilitating, they have gotten cancers and they have gone down that path. And it's, it's wild because I never really connected that until today. Mm. That was the first time I heard anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I mean, when your body is giving you biological feedback, meaning pain, discomfort, headaches, bloating, any of that is biological feedback. Your body is telling you something is not balanced. Something is not right. And the very first thing that we can do is go to what we're putting in our body. Also, like, are you outside? Are your feet in the grass? Are you getting sunshine? A lot of women and, I mean, just people in general are deficient in vitamin D, um, which is a huge, I mean, I think vitamin D is more of a hormone in my eyes than a vitamin. And then the other thing is like, even like for when you're menstruating, you know, it's not like, oh, you have to just lay in bed and not do anything. That's not at all. But honestly, I think what you should be doing is going outside, putting your feet in the grass, taking some deep breaths you know, playing with your dogs or your animals outside, like go in nature more so when you're on your period. And I think we should be in nature all the time. But I think it was something like we used to spend 80% of our time in nature and then 20% of our time in caves or indoors. And now it's like 98% of our time we spend indoors. Like what is that doing to us? Mm -hmm. Like crazy, right? And then for artificial elements 100% and so for us to be able to also you know create vitamin d in the body we have to let the sun hit our bare skin that's the other thing and when you go outside first light the uva uvb rays are like the lowest they are so you can actually get a lot of healing benefits no sunglasses no sunglasses no sunscreen nothing Uh like that just go and soak that up i I love that i mean in the winter months it can be harder but that's where you can do like red light therapy and things like that to kind of balance it but um, but see you even giving that alternative to under it planning that in the big thing too is even though by the way her am i her her um my profession oh um, yeah 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 no like i do yeah yeah tell everyone what you do yeah <laughs> so i'm an accountant by trade i run my own business here in town and so like right now it's busy season but i'm here because i put that in thank you yes. five. i made the time because i knew that it's important for me to figure it out to make the time for the things that i feel are important there's some things that just don't require that much yeah i mean everything will get handled Right. And so, and it's all putting myself first too. It's like there is enough time in the day. Well, yeah. There is enough time in the day for everything. Yeah. And we all take ourselves way too seriously. We can all be busy all the time, but it's like you can choose to look at it as being busy or you're being active, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can choose how you, how you view it. It's just what's to do. But yeah, I mean, I know an accountant too. I feel like my accountant is always, they're always (laughs) Right. Like my CPA and my account, they are always busy. I always feel like they're always in season. Yeah. Like world, you know, it's the reason why this is important to me right now is because I am creating processes and systems within my company, within my business to be able to do more things like this. When people are busy in their profession, they also don't have time for that relationship with their clients or their customers. And, and that's what I'm leaning towards now. So now I'm building out a team with really good processes, really good systems that I could check up on, that I could have structure around so I can go off and continue my personal relationships. Because for me, that's why I don't feel like a typical accountant, just because our industry just gets like, oh, they you get put in a box of the kind of personality you are. Or you're behind a computer screen. For me, I love, you know, socializing and connecting with people. And my, you know, big word this year is engaged it's like thank you the playful suits right like I found out because I like you know going to you know Emily's workshops and that's a thing like tapping into my creative side so I'm about that yeah. and I'm going to put myself first my mental first my body first and my work is what gives me all the benefits that I get to because I love working with my clients I love accounting I really do and you don't fit into the box you are like you are extroverted you you do plan and you plan in a way that is like it works for you and then you do your art you're making time to live your life intentionally and I think that that's something that is admirable yeah so even when you're saying well how am I just going to chill out 
It's because our bodies are so used to going. I literally have to tell myself, it is okay that you're not doing anything right now. But my body wants to fight it me so badly and my mind wants to fight because I don't deserve to just chill out. That's a big thing too. It's like, yeah. no, 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 you need to be busy. You yeah. need to be keeping busy. Yeah. Like that's for lazy people right. and all this other stuff. And it's, this is that programming from when we were younger. That's yeah. Right. It's like, so it's layering hard, work hard, work yeah. hard, work hard. Like, well, I feel like I don't take a break. Work like, hard. okay, two, three, five days, six, whatever. When I start, like, I'll be not another, I'm at one. No, 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 no. Totally fine. Like, I could, I could, dude, I'm no good at doing nothing. Like, I'm very, I have mastered it. Like, I am very good. And I love my bed and I love being in bed. Mm-hmm. I love it. And also, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, 20 days though, like, oh. No, no. So now I'm glad that we clarified that. But in my mind, I was like, yeah. And I know it doesn't mean like 20 days, like checked out of. Yeah. Nobody bother me. It means that during those 20 days, you're right. I have segments of hours. Yeah. And have extra extra help. So, you know, I have two kids, so (laughs) I didn't always have the luxury of well checking out. I don't think I mean, I don't know if I can ever check out. You know, Heather, we've taken trips together and it's always like there's a piece of me out in the world that I cannot like it's like my children are out there so it's like a piece of me is out there and so I've had to really rein in extra help so like at first when I was a mom like first being a mom I thought I had to do everything and I was so frustrated and so stressed because I'm like how am I supposed to have a career and I have to have kids or and I have kids and I have this culture that's telling me I can do it all and I can do it all and do it all at once and do all this. And I'm like, I'm like, no, number one, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. I, my career has been set back because I chose to have children. And now that my children are older, I am moving forward more and I'm able to spend more time in my career and in my space and, and do that. But I also always balance that with my kids and like we, Heather and I, we got to spend time together yesterday and we went on a bike ride and we brought the kids and Lewis rode his one wheel and Gary rode her bike and my husband went and that became an adventure because Lewis's one wheel died and we were like three miles from where it was supposed to be. But so it was fun. But it's like I learned to balance where I can do things with friends and I can combine it with my family and I can come into work and have a few hours by myself and you know, the kids are at home with my husband or they're home alone. So, you know, it's when the kids are younger, any woman out there that has small children, I feel you. Mm-hmm. I feel you 100%. And literally, it can feel like I, it's like, I don't even know. I don't even know. There's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> getting help. I mean, I wrote, I, I didn't have family here raising my my kids so I didn't have oh hey mom can you come watch the kids oh hey mom can you or dad can you come you know hey cousin can you come help no no that was if I needed someone I had to pay a babysitter or it was daycare $1,400 a month I mean it was like it felt really hard but again I chose to have my children and then I chose to filter in my career where I could and now it's flipped where I can do way more in my career and the kids are great, you know, but they don't need as much of my attention. So I guess the reason I'm pointing this out is because I know at one point I felt like I would look at other people that had careers and businesses and be like, oh my gosh, like they're doing everything. And I feel like crap. I can, my kids' faces are dirty all the time. They have runny noses. I have stains on my clothes. I'm like hot mess. And how are these women like showing up with their kids and perfect outfits and their hair's done beautifully. And I'm over here pushing the stroller, looking like a hot mess. Like, how did they do this? Like, I literally would feel that all the time. I felt like I was failing as a mom so much. Yeah. And now I'm realizing like, dude, I was Mm-hmm. I was doing the best I could. And um, and you don't know what kind of help those people have. Right. You know, like, yeah, she was only comparing it. To right. Yeah. It's like, like you're looking at you with you. Right. You, right. husband's working and you're you with by yourself. And then you're not looking at like maybe like Seppi, maybe Seppi has people helping her. Like, you know what I mean? She has five, six. She has five kids. Yeah. Five kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, and her kids do show up to things. And right. You don't know people's stories. 100%. And just because someone else is kicking butt, like we just need to be like, hell yeah, great job. Where I would view it and be like, I would feel jealousy. I would feel like, 
bad. Like I wasn't good enough. Like, you know, and so it's like, I think it's a maturity thing too, but to look at that other mom or that other business person and be like, high five, you are freaking killing a good job. Well, it's good that you're bringing that up because for instance, Heather and I, we don't have children, you know? And so you had children. That's another thing that also affects your hormones in your lifestyle, right? We don't have children, but then we're also looked at maybe differently like, well, you don't have children, right? You should have all the time in the world. (laughs) And I turned around to my brother and I was like, I don't freaking know what's going on, but I feel just as busy as you. Like, yeah, I are busy. Yeah. But adding all these other things to our plate, but I see, you know, and we have other things that we're comparing ourselves to. Like I've got friends that call me that don't have children. They're just like, oh my gosh, and you made time for this. And I see you're doing this workshop and it's it's like, it's not a consultation. Like it's not a competition and it's not a comparison. And I think as women, if we do that, like don't compete with other women and don't compare yourself to any other women and just show up and be like, how can I support you? If we all took that approach, it would be like, it would be so helpful. Like I, if you would have talked to me 10 years ago, I didn't know what like this was about. Like, I didn't know I could go to other women and be like, be yeah, like, you're upsetting. Like, how, yeah, like, maybe how can we support each other? Right. Like Heather will send me messages and be like, how can I support you with this? I'm like, like, this is incredible to me. Right. Because. I, I, I and so many women are out there and then it's like okay well if you feel that way like you're comparing and you're being competitive with other women and then you feel super low inside I think it just for me it was like taking one step to like ask someone for something or another thing that was hard for me is I was offering help to others when I felt like I didn't have time all the things but once I started offering help to others it opened up a community for me Right. So sometimes it takes giving yeah. first step. We're talking about that. Yeah. You no. gotcha. yeah. Giving first contribution. Yeah. Tell me all the time. One of my team members the other day was like, don't give anything away for free. And I was like, I don't really give a lot of stuff away for free. And I've given so much over the years away for free. Because, like, I don't, if somebody came into the restaurant and they were like expecting to have a free lunch, like, I don't do that. I'll give my time and I'll give like stuff, other like volunteer for like when Jackie at the Hensers has her garden events i've gone out there a couple of times and taught people how to make food out of the garden or make salad dressings or use things that are being grown in ways that maybe they wouldn't have thought of right like i'll give i'll give in other ways or sometimes i'll give away gift certificates that like to nonprofits. like five times a week people are reaching out all the time (laughs) or giving out stuff like that and i feel like it takes in order to to get it really does take that like selflessness for a look like just yeah the mindfulness around like even if we don't feel like we have a lot to give to give in those moments specifically because that's when like really great things really do start happening i think Mm -hmm. in my experience in life yeah and then it comes around full circle you are feeling confused because anna marie and i are talking about like the cycle and this this, and you're like well i I get it like again it's just all just a personal journey yeah we would just share a lot more just come from a world of contribution, yeah. a space of contribution. That's it. Right. It's not about us, like me dictating. Okay, no, look, you need to follow your cycle. And I'm not even <laughs> like, I'm not. And I know you're not like, doing I'm that, but I'm saying like generally yeah, like, to be able to take away from like, I'm looking at it from the perspective of like, if I funnel this information from you, I funnel this information from her and I'm just the average, right? Like I don't have the knowledge that you have then how can I take that and like give that information to other people in a way that they could learn and grow from? Right. So it's almost like diluting it down to something real simplified because you've already done the work and you already know like way more than the average person. So putting that together and being like, okay, so what I'm hearing is chill out right before. Yeah. (laughs) Like five days before your period, you're like, okay, like it's okay. If things are a little weird, You'll feel a shift. Yes. Yeah. But it's then, not normal to feel like crap and it's not normal to get angry and it's not normal to like have rage. I'm saying that because I would feel that way. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And I don't feel that way. And maybe. And to monitor. So. And it's, it's good to monitor. Yeah. And I've just I always tracked my periods. Like I was showing you the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For years now, I can tell you when my period started all the things. It's just, I. that's all I know. I'm like, oh, this happened. Okay. I got a, I got a pimple. Crap. That happened, and then, or like I, my I was heavy on these days. You know, I've been, I just didn't really know what to do with that information from there. So if I take that information now, and you said that you really you don't work out 
right before your period as well. So you, I don't do high, high intensity workouts that are going to raise my cortisol levels to a way, you know, to a level that's going to affect my progesterone. And the purpose for that is setting yourself up to have like to get a, my period because that's what actually helps you, right? That's what helps yeah, ramp in your period. Is yeah, if you're under high stress or you don't have enough body fat, things like that, you're exercising too much, you will skip your period. Right. You can skip your period. Like that's why like, you know, there's a lot of super fit women out there. And when I was really fit, that's when I stopped having my period. But honestly, having like a six pack and being super fit is not super healthy for women. Like you have to have a certain amount of body fat. You should be having your period, you know, every month, you know. So, I mean, yeah, there's a, but there's a lot culturally that again, goes again, a woman having a cycle Mm -hmm. and, you know, honoring your cycle like for us to sit here and say this and i know in your mind you're thinking gosh like two weeks of chilling like what wait, is that i'm like i could do wait, it five why what maybe six but like yeah i mean seven okay but yeah. then after like a week of like take it easy yeah like, what and then i feel kind of like that sounds unfair you know like that doesn't sound fair like, like it's not it's not fairness it's just it, what is right like it's just what is it's like Okay, but you're telling me that men don't have to deal with that. Like that to me is like okay, that opens up my eyes to. Oh, men and women are not the same, right? Like we have that's like a beautiful thing. That's the beautiful thing. That means we can expect more. Yeah, we live in a man's world. <laughs> I mean, we could also expect them yeah. to do things. Yeah, that's where a man can take care of a woman. Step up, step yeah. up more. That's right. Yeah, I mean, this is just like. That's okay. It is our back to a little bit more. Yeah. Your spouse or your your partner or the the men around you. I mean, like society does not. Dic- that is. A, Do they a, call it the founding sisters or the founding fathers? I wish you could see my face right now because I am mad. <laughs> I am mad, and it, it's because like in our lives, in my experience of our lives, like in this day and age, it is not common to be like, hey husband hey boyfriend hey whatever like you get to take on a lot more for like two weeks yes it does happen in some relationships yes it's just not the norm that i see in our world that we live in yeah it's not as socially accepted for guys to do more than women outside of their job like well it's that's i mean we could do a whole other podcast on that but that comes back to good to yes i mean that's you know the the rise of you know the feminists and all of that like i there's certain things i'm all for and then there's certain things that are like whoa like i'm i'm super i would be considered way more conservative when i say i'm okay with a man taking care of me i'm okay with you know going home and cooking dinner and you know if that was and that's not so much my husband's i mean and I's relationship as much, but there are certain things. I drop the kids off at school every day. I pick them up like 99% of the time. And, and it's, I'm okay with that. Some days I'm like, Hey, I need some help, but there are certain roles that I take on and I'm okay with that. Whereas I have some people I know that are like, you know, Oh, well, it's a man should be doing at least one of the pickups and all that. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't know. So I don't know what I'm trying to say other than I think it's not as normal anymore because, well, one, I think we're lacking real men in our culture now, like real old school men. But also I think part of that has to contribute with the testosterone in men has actually dropped. I think I want to say there was something where it was said like 40 percent over the last like 30, 40 years. I'd have to look up what I was reading. But like seriously, like because of the um, endocrine disruptors and all that, like men are seriously not... So their hormones are not what they were like 30, 40 years ago. I mean, think of men in the 1950s. If you go back and look at pictures and men entering our military, like they had six packs. They were fit. You go to our high schools right now where you see seniors who are 17, 18 years old, 19 years old, that would be technically from the 1950s who would be going in our military. They can't. They do. They they can't do push-ups. They're scrawny. They're they they're uh-huh. they're either scrawny or they're very overweight, uh, right? So if they're overweight, they're going to be more estrogen dominant, uh-huh. and that is not normal, right? And I know there's no such thing as quote unquote normal, but there there is a huge discrepancy in my opinion of 
like even from when I was growing up of what a man is and what a man is now, what was expected of a man in the past and what's expected of a man back then or now. And the same with women, though. Yeah, right? well, then it is the same thing. Exactly what it's because I did say, like, all the like, been added to us. Yeah. So, and don't let it just normal. That, that's where I think it kind of like baffles my mind because we started off with, hey, you know, your period, this, this happens, and then you prepare for this, and then you don't eat this, and then you eat this, and then you don't work out, and you make sure you're nourishing your body and you're doing all these things. And then we led to, okay, it's acceptable for a woman to be like, let me just back off a little bit and ask for help, which is great. And are we really in that position right now from a societal standpoint to where we are asking for that help? Like, are you asked because you're like, oh, no, I do all the things. So it to me, it feels like a lot of people I come across, they're just like taking it all on as women. You mean yeah, women that you see the thing, too, though, I th- that we've also shifted the way that men treat us. So now we can't ask oh, for yeah. that because remember, you yeah. can do it all. Yeah. And right. it's very interesting how simple from my understanding and for what I've experienced firsthand for men are very simple. Give them a purpose and give them a place and they'll do incredible things for you. They will protect you. They will do whatever, go to the ends of the earths for you. But if you're constantly shunning and pushing and no, and I can't and I'm independent, I got it all. Right. Then you ask for the thing. They'll be like, wait a minute. I thought you could what? do this all on your ends. You said that you yeah. can need me and you said and. We taught them. That's the thing is we just have to just chill out, mm-hmm. trust the process, teach them how to trust us that we don't need. And then they will feel. And then I feel like that could shift yeah. for men, too, because <laughs> then what? I mean, if you don't need them, then all of a sudden you're at, you know, what that's what feels weird for us because we did that. Yeah. But we almost did it to ourselves. And I think <laughs> and I, yeah. Uh, relationships as a whole like I tell people that often even in my own relationships like I whatever I do from the beginning is something that that person is going to expect and so I try to be mindful of how I show up in relationships and yeah because I do know that once those routines are in place like it's really challenging to expect something we can grow and evolve because for instance if you were you you know Anna-Marie if you got married young and who you and your husband are now I mean, we grow and we evolve and we mature and we have a right to step back and say, okay, I know that this thing that, you know, I said I want to do, like, let's say in the beginning, you're like in a really, sh- you do everything. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, I really don't want well, it's good to reassess your partnership and yeah. just to like go with the, because t- look, we're going to get older. Yeah. You never ask for help. You're going to get old. You're going to have to learn to ask for help and support. And those are things that I'm noticing from truly highly independent women. Like my mom is like that. Yeah. yeah. And now nobody, it's like, but you never asked. Right. So now we just have to know that you need help because you're getting older. Right. It becomes very hard for you personally. So this whole thing does have to do and circling back to like following our periods and being mindful of our bodies and figuring out what is it that we need and being able to communicate those things. And right. being okay with knowing we are not going to be on 24 7. Yeah. And not everybody Every, is the same. And not everybody not is everybody the same. Everybody is the same. That it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to take a breather. That's right. A few days before, just kind of being mindful. Be mind what you're doing, right. track your system, and then open up and have conversations with other people and other women. Mm-hmm. And from a male's perspective, their bodies are just built differently. Yeah. 100%. I think it's always just like we got to go back basics go back to the basics sad for period eat good food get sunshine yep you know if you are in relationships like male and female like know that the man needs attention affirmation sex and food (laughs) you you need comfort security right you know Right. Yes. It's just like, I don't know, like I think too, like, yeah, we we got it. If we can go back to some of the basics, like things will kind of balance out and feel a little bit better for us. And as you're educating yourself, educating the men around you, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be in partnership. Educate the men around you and not be afraid to talk about. Yeah, because there's been so many like stipulations around that, those, our periods and men kind of using that as like a tool or like a weapon in some regard to oh yeah because women are always just you know a bitch or 
whatever. And it's like, no, no, I'm literally, again, I'm going to use this phrase. I'm bleeding out. <laughs> I mean, I, I think like, that's the thing is like, this is where like the exercise piece comes in and everything. If you were bleeding out, would you go for a run? No, <laughs> absolutely not. And we do. Right? And we do. Yeah. I know I've been guilty of it. But but seriously, again, if we go back to fundamentals and not make a big story around it and just like go to the fact that there is blood coming out of your body, you should probably take a step back. Yesterday I tell her, so we go on a bike ride and this is the last part and I we were going to wrap this up. Yeah. But we go on a bike ride yesterday and I, I had got my period for like four days, two weeks ago. And I didn't really get, I always get big flow like two days of like mm -hmm. full flow where i'm like okay yeah here we are thank you that we're here you that even happened out yeah like this last time it didn't happen so then like two days ago all of a sudden i'm like oh what's happening i use a cup by the way and i've been using the disc which you can have sex with while you're using which is unreal to me it goes low it sits yeah it's mm -hmm. of your like well, i don't know the medical terminology but farther up than the other one and the cup um sits like at a lower level kind of like a tampon one mm -hmm. And so I get home yesterday. This is a lot of information. I take out my little cup and it is like full, full. And I was so lucky. I took it out and I like went to look at it. Didn't get blood anywhere. I was so proud of myself. And I'm like, holy crap. I like just did a seven yeah. mile bike ride. And I'm like <laughs> full, like full, full. And I was like celebrating it because I was like, I was my body. Why didn't I get like my period all the way? And then there it comes. And she's like, are you premenopausal? I'm like, don't say that out loud. Uh -huh. And she's like, well, no, it could happen if you got your period twice. And I don't know yeah. how it's going to happen. I'll just continue to yeah. track it. But it was just interesting to be like, well, I did that on that. And that's not something that like I normally would do. Yeah. And I felt fine. And but you can feel fine. Yeah. And what was there? Or it was there an easy ride. Like, it wasn't like you were pushing it. Like, no, there's like an uphill. Yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw the bike and like, of seven months or eight months yeah or something. yeah i don't like work yeah. out like, it wasn't like hardcore but yeah yeah i'm still moving and flowing yeah, yeah. flowing flowing. <laughs> flowing on that note okay so all right one day one very very wrap it up something positive before we leave yeah so what would you say is your most impactful discovery that you've made around your body and like taking the time to research it i think feeling free to share that's I, not being embarrassed anymore just bringing it up when i need to because i'm doing it more for like wishing and hoping that other people would have done that for me when I was younger. So that's that's where that's where my like happiness comes from. It's just seeing people's faces too. It's like, yeah, nobody's ever talked to me about yeah. that. Yeah. And it just makes me happy to say like, this is a safe space. We should be talking about that. Mm -hmm. And one piece of advice that you would give women that are going through this like self-discovery process, what would you? I just go back to the foundation, go back to basics. Seriously, we overthink everything. So if you're not getting rest, if you're not eating, you know, healthier, if you're not getting sunshine, if you're not spending time outside, if you're not having positive relationships um, and you're constantly stressed, like, and you're not doing those other things, go back to those other things. And you? Me? I feel like it's okay to not know everything. <laughs> Absolutely right. Like, that's it up. Yeah. Like, yeah, just self-discovery like one step at a time and having conversation and a little bit here and there goes a long way love it awesome thanks. thanks for listening guys i hope you have a good one thanks for joining us today you guys on this happy whole you podcast we are so stoked that you are listening and if you have questions or want to reach out to us you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com and you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day, have a great week, and we will see you soon.